Welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Hey everyone, welcome to the Building Heroes podcast. This is episode 43. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to my new friend. This was actually a Facebook suggestion. So how cool is that? (laughs) We found out that we hit it off. And so this is really fun. When I found out what she does, I really wanted to share her with you, my audience. So this is Katie Keene. And she is a family success consultant along with her husband. And they also have a family success secrets podcast. And she's been married for 20 years, has five incredible children, and has lived through numerous moves and military deployments while raising their family, all while discovering the special needs of two of the that two of the children were born with. And so I just want to turn the time over to you because I know you have an incredible story about how you got to this point because you have had a lot of hardship but you've also been joyfully resilient through this process as well. So Katie, welcome. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me today. (laughs) It's so nice to be here with you. So we definitely did did have a really long journey. Um, 17 years ago, when our first child was born, we actually learned within the first day after he was born that he had had a stroke. Um, so we were experiencing seizures. We were overseas, and they moved us from one country over to another to go to the NICU and then back to the U.S. So our special needs parenting journey began 17 years ago. And as we continued having children and experiencing deployments and having more diagnoses for some of the other children, I realized, and so did my husband, that we really needed some way to ensure that our family was going to be what we thought, even though our life wasn't turning out how we expected. We wanted to have a joyful life. We wanted to know that we were raising our children to be really great people who could be compassionate and, you know, be self-confident and independent. So I began this constant, you know, purchasing, like researching, purchasing, implementing (laughs) of systems. And while we were uh, also on the journey of homeschooling, which we, that was a big surprise for us. We never expected to be homeschoolers. So my research was also uh, I think extra important for me because I was really managing the kids at home all day. It wasn't just part of the day. And as I kept implementing all these different systems, I kept noticing that nothing was really resonating with what I needed with all the different things I was juggling. We of our five children two now have special needs, even though our oldest has completely outgrown his stroke. And, um, we ended up with a couple of the others having other unique issues that also they thankfully outgrew, but I, I needed to be able to really know that everybody was going to be okay. And even that I was going to be okay. And I think as moms, sometimes we really think, Oh my gosh, am I going to survive? this? So, you know, we began focusing a lot on learning about boundaries and learning about routine. And I'm very much a free spirit and learning about discipline, but how can you have positive discipline? What's the difference between discipleship and leadership? 
versus, you know, what we kind of think of culturally as discipline. And how can we make sure that while we're teaching and training our children, that we're also connecting and bonding with them because we didn't want that to interfere. And how, when their dad was gone a lot, could they also still maintain a really strong bond with him? How could he and I maintain a strong marriage? So we did a lot of years of really deep digging and researching and implementing and, and trying things. And um, so that's kind of brought us to where we are today. Oh, I love that. I mean, really, you were kind of tossed into this whole journey in a very unexpected way, too, when you had your first, because most parents, you know, we're not expecting that, for sure. And you know, I love that you just decided that you were going to find answers and you yes. asking a lot of good questions, really good questions. Cause I think a lot of times we don't even know to ask those questions. Yes. And you made a really important point there when you said decided, because in so many ways, I think, I believe that our parenting journey, even when we are struggling with special needs, but our experience of it, is a lot about decision and choosing joy, choosing to continue, choosing to be resilient, choosing to take on the hard things and figure out how to also make them the best things. So definitely making a decision. Yes, absolutely. Because it really is a decision because you could have just said, oh, well, we'll just do whatever. And that in, and not even thought about it. And that is a decision or, and, or you could have blamed God and said, Oh, what a bad hand we just got dealt. Or you could have blamed yourselves and said, or, or put yourselves down and thought, you know, we don't know how to deal with this. What, you know, so we're not going to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in life, you know, even for families who don't have special needs, children, they, they all have to make those same decisions. So I think when you're dealing in life, I had a friend say to me once, and it really stuck that my worst and someone else's worst can't be compared. Even if someone else might say my worst is worse than theirs. The fact is they haven't experienced that feeling. So their worst still feels just as bad to them (laughs) in a way as my worst feels to me. And so for parents, whether they have typical children or not, you know, it is a lot about decisions. And it is a lot about really making the time and effort for yourself to explore what you can do to support yourself, what you can do to support, you know, the relationships around you and um, to really make sure that you are, I think the focus, like you said, not blaming God, but looking for what richness is in there in this experience, what it is that's really happening for you even though it can really feel like it's happening to you. Yes, I love that. And really, you know, if we look at your story, it lines up with the hero's journey so nicely because you did get that call to action. You did, you know, it wasn't something you were expecting. And that's when you had the choice. You had to decide which direction you were going to go. And then you journey into the unknown. You don't know how to do this. None of us do, really. (laughs) And when you go into the unknown, you're always going to have those obstacles in the way, the hard things that you get another choice with. How are you going to deal with those and or how you're going to choose? Yes. And very much like the hero's journey, I think, um, you know, for the parents who understand that story, 
there have been so many people who have poured into my life who maybe didn't even realize they were, or people that I've reached out to, even if it was just their resources that I was learning from, you know, and each one of those was kind of like a teacher that helped me pick which fork in the road to go (laughs) on my journey. And I'm so thankful for that. And um, so I think that's another important thing for us to remember as parents is be willing to learn from others, be willing to, you know, understand that you can gain so much richness from allowing others to pour into you. Yes, absolutely. And I love that too, because that is part of the hero's journey. And that's the part that is predictable. There will be other people on your journey. If you can look up and see them, they will be there to help you because, and especially I think with moms, you know, a lot of times we start feeling so alone in our problems. (laughs) Really, we think we're the only ones, but moms know how hard it is. And I think that's why it's so important for us to reach out to others and help others, you know, through the things that we have been through, we can help other people and vice versa, for sure. It can be be really hard, I think, to accept help. I know for me, that was a big part of my journey was not just being willing to reach out to learn and purchase resources to implement in my home, but to actually allow other people to help when I needed it that was a really important lesson. And I learned throughout quite a number of years of wrestling with it. Cause you know, can, you can kind of think, Oh, I feel like a failure. If I accept help, I'm not strong enough. I'm not independent enough. You know, there's all these thoughts that can go through your mind. And especially as a military spouse, um, you know, we just do what we have to do. You just do it. (laughs) And so accepting help, it's, it's one of those things where you can kind of feel like, well, wait, look at these other spouses are okay. But in the, actual opposite reality of what you might feel and think you actually bless others when you allow them to help you and you are doubly blessed. So it's really important to allow that support and those connections. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. You know, and I remember my early years of homeschooling where I was trying to do it all myself. And I was thinking I was a complete and utter mess I, I might have been, I don't know, but I was taking that on as my identity. I, I probably just lived in a mess, right? But I, I knew that I was capable. And so I figured that I should be able to do it all myself, but I really couldn't. And I think it's from the help of some other moms who gave me that encouragement to keep going, to keep doing it. So I knew I wasn't failing them. Yes. That makes a huge difference. I look back at how many moms on my homeschool journey who were way ahead of me, who were some of those that were creating curriculum or creating support, you know, and I would write to them. I would email them and say, how do I know I'm not going to miss out on something important to teach my kids? How do I know I'm not going to have a huge gap, you know? (laughs) And um, I, I just remember how willing they were to write me back. And it always just, I was in awe, like, wow, why would this busy mom who's doing all this stuff, take the time to write back to me, but their answers just filled the gaps in my mind and my heart of what I was trying to understand so that I really could be the benefit to my children that I needed to be. And so it it really is a blessing, you know, when we reach out for help and we're willing to accept it or willing to give it. Absolutely. And I think too, you know, as a veteran homeschool mom, I love Helping just because I know how it was. I know how hard it was. And I, I love encouraging 
moms. Okay. So one thing I want to talk to you about next is you said you're kind of a free spirit. Mm -hmm. I totally am too. I just was like, I want to be spontaneous and free, but we can't find any shoes and there's no food in the fridge to go do an adventure (laughs) with, right? And so I did, I too had to come learn to learn the importance of routines, Mm -hmm. but I would love to hear how you got on board with that. Yes. Right now there is a fly, fly, just fly (laughs) all around me. So, you know, real life. (laughs) Okay. I have a gnat that keeps zooming in front of me. So, um, so as far as routines went, I think for me, uh, really when you're home, a husband is deployed and you have small children. For me, one was ill. It made me get to that point where I realized I must research something. I must figure out something. And so I ended up beginning with small, like there was a system uh, called fly lady. I don't know if you've heard of her. That was just one of my home cleaning maintenance systems. Yeah. And it was wonderful because it was flexible. And I remember implementing her system. I just took a whole week and I really dug into it during all the nap times and bedtimes. And I remember putting together my notebook and, and that first month of implementation, I remember, of course I couldn't do it perfectly, nor should we expect ourselves to do anything perfectly because then it really won't work out long-term. But I remember missing something and it was such a relief because I knew the next week it was going to come up again anyway. And it was this mental, it took off weight from me. I, I always had assumed that having something like that would put weight on me, but it was actually like this framework that, that supported me instead. And it was, I made it for myself in a way that it would support me. It wasn't, um, like a taskmaster. And so that set the tone for me as I built other systems in our home was that it needed to be something that supported me and allowed me the flexibility. I would do our meal planning in a similar way. I never would write down what night we were going to have what meal. I simply would make set a list of seven things and all of those ingredients I would purchase and I'd have the list on the fridge And whatever I felt like in my free spirited nature or had time for (laughs) that night was what I would pull out of the fridge and make. And just made sure they were all things that could last for seven days in the fridge before I went back to the store. (laughs) So, you know, I still did the meal planning, but I didn't give myself the pressure of, oh, I have to do it on this day. Because then I would make myself feel bad, like, oh, you failed again, you know? So (laughs) I, I just kept my systems flexible. And so that's how, for me, it worked as a free spirit. I love that. And you brought up a couple of really good points there. And number one is with systems, you say they have to support you and be flexible um, because often we feel like we have to be a slave to our system, like our system's the master and it's just a tool. And it's, you know, we can say the same thing about homeschool curriculum or, you know, any of these other things that are systems to help us. But the other thing I wanted to bring up that I love that you mentioned was that routines are freeing. Mm-hmm. And I thought the same thing too. I was like, I didn't want to be bound to routine. I know I just want to do whatever I felt like, but the reason why a routine is freeing is because I don't have to make the decision to do it. Yes. And it comes back to the choices thing, yes, right? Sir. If I have a routine in place to actually get my dishes done, I just have them done when I need them. If I have a routine to keep the house clean, I'm going to be able to find the shoes. Well, maybe 
<laughs> when you know unless a kid takes them off somewhere but you, know, they do. but you know what I mean it's like if we have that routine have all that order and and the things that we need in place that everybody needs in place to run a home it's so much more freeing because you don't have to think about it you just do it we even implemented that sort of system when it came to our discipline with our children. We very much replicated an economy where the law is already made. It's already posted. Any citizen can find it. It's discussed. You know, if you park in the handicapped spot, you're, it's posted. You're going to get a $500 fine or whatever the sign says. You know, it's no surprise to anybody what's going to happen. Everyone knows you speed you get a ticket. You know? And we even removed all of that. So I remember feeling very overwhelmed and the being overwhelmed as a parent doesn't lead to good leadership. It doesn't lead to good parenting. It doesn't lead to feeling good as a parent or feeling like you're a success. And so we pre-made the entire system of governing inside of our home and discussed it with the children and posted it. And then when we feel emotional, for whatever reason, whether we're tired, frustrated that the kid did this thing again, or, you know, whatever happens to all of us parents. Um, we don't have to live in that frustration. We don't have to abide by that emotional overtake. We can relax into the fact that we already pre-decided and we know, and the child knows, and then we don't have to feel like we're at odds. The child already knows they chose wrong. And so then we can support the child and say, Oh, we're really sorry that happened. Um, so it is good. It's really good to pre-make systems for yourself and be able to live within them because then you are more free. Well, because you're not free when you're letting those emotions rule you. Right. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because, you know, a lot of times we just really want to do what we want to do. Our kids want to do what they want to do. Right. And we end up getting in these battles. So we're not really free because we're in a battle right? Because <laughs> we're, we're struggling for the power where we want to see who's going to win. And that's doesn't, it does, it may feel good in that moment, but it doesn't really feel good after the fact, right. which is letting the emotions rule our lives. And so, you know, as a free spirit, that's what I was saying is like, I just want to do whatever I want to do. <laughs> you know, I just want to go have fun with the kids, but at the same time, there has to be that foundation of responsibility yeah. and, and, you know, creating the order in our lives that we need mm -hmm. to not feel overwhelmed because I think that's where the overwhelm comes with in is that we have too many decisions that we haven't made. Yes, absolutely. And decision fatigue is a real problem and not just in parenting. I mean, decision fatigue is why people don't declutter, you know, and decision fatigue is a big problem for most people. It's why they eat bad food. I mean, it just affects us in all areas of our life. And so when we can make those decisions ahead of time, whether it's, you know, our discipline routines or our meal plan or whatever house cleaning, we really do take the load off of ourselves. And, um, in a lot of ways, emotionally, we remove a lot of that guilt because people who end up finding that the overwhelm causes them to yell. A lot of parents will tell me, Oh my gosh, I yell and I can't stand it. And my mom yelled or my dad yelled, or I just don't know why I yell. I just, you know, and then because we're not thinking in our rational mind, when we're emotional, we don't make good decisions. And later we do feel guilty. And that leads to thinking you're a bad parent when really you just need to set yourself up with a framework 
to be able to avoid it. So it is important. Yeah, that's, that's such an important pattern to recognize too, because that is what happens to us as parents is we want to be good parents. We have great desires in our hearts to help our kids, but sometimes we do get frustrated. Sometimes they get frustrated Mm -hmm. when we're frustrated or mad or thinking those thoughts that we're no good at this gig. um, That's when we really cannot make good decisions, like you're saying, you know, and then we do feel overwhelmed. We do feel anxious. We do feel like we're feeling our kids, failing our kids because we aren't really in our right minds. Exactly. (laughs) That's correct. Yeah. I mean, really the science will actually show a different part of our brain is being used when we're emotional than when we're making a a rational decision. And when you have those things pre-set up for us, we actually post um, everything in our house. Then when we're angry, as long as we decide to abide by our own system, we can relax into allowing that to guide us safely through those emotions instead of letting those emotions take the reins. Yes, absolutely. And I love too that you're posting all this and you probably have family meetings because the expectations are really clear. We do. With the kids, right? They know what to expect. They're still going to try to get out of it. (laughs) Of course, they're kids. Don't we all? I mean, if a policeman pulls you over, don't you want to try to talk him out of it, even if you were speeding? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, totally, right? But yes, we, we feel like um, respecting the children is a very vital part of being a really high quality team. And a, p- a way to respect them is to keep them informed, you know, to keep them yeah. as people who are, are given the respect to be able to make those decisions. And they're smart. Kids are very smart. <laughs> so. Absolutely. And it's just like, you know, if, if we know what the laws of the land are, we know what to expect. But if it's a little fuzzy, then we're going to kind of be like, you know, yeah, we can try to get away with. That's right. That's right. Makes it easier for mom and dad too. Cause just like you said with, you know, see what you can get away with kids who know the boundaries are clear cut. They're not going to try to test them at least not as often, at least not as hard. They're not going to push as much because if they know it's set in stone and you are going to to follow up, then, I mean, the battle's won and it's won by you, you know, but if they really don't know and they think they can have that, get that toe over that line and you really will let them, they're going to push. They are, they are. I also think though that kids with boundaries, they feel a lot more secure. Yes. You know? Absolutely. I believe there was research on that as well. Cause I remember reading about that years ago and thinking that is fascinating when my oldest was really young and how, you know, a lot of parents, I remember at that time, there was something going on where people wouldn't say no to their kids and I'm like, Oh, and so I was reading about this and it was that kids actually, even though they push, sometimes they're pushing in order to feel safe because they know they're not big enough yet. They know they're not powerful or strong enough to take good care of themselves completely. And they want to know that they're safe with you. And so sometimes they will push boundaries just so that you'll hold them just so that they can feel that security and they will have better behavior once you've held that boundary. Yes, yes, for sure. And it was funny because right before we got on this call, I got to experience a little episode of this, (laughs) you know, and I think probably the most important thing is for the parent to remain calm 
and not get caught up in the frustration, you know, because I was just, I, I could feel the frustration starting to come up. I'm like, come on, just listen to what I'm saying. I'm telling you no right now. <laughs> and so then she didn't want to listen to that. But I thought, you know what? No, I can be firm with this boundary and it's okay. And she will understand that we have boundaries. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And it's a good example for her, for her life, because she's going to need to set boundaries. Let's say she's dating. You want her to know how to set a boundary. <laughs> you know, you know, she, yeah. I, I feel like in our life as parents, we forget that setting a boundary isn't just for us. It's also for them. And it is hard, you know, it is hard. It's, but anything worth it in life can be challenging, you know? Absolutely. Well, and the other thing is too, as I was thinking about this is at the point that I tell her no to her request, she gets a choice. And so she's also learning how to make good choices. So she could choose to throw a fit and get angry, or she could choose to accept that. Mm -hmm. Or it's her choice. She could choose to disagree with me calmly. Yes. And in this case, she did, but then I still had to tell her no in this case. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. If you have a preset, you know, I I was, uh, we did a training recently on yelling. And one of the things that's so important for parents is that we don't get attached to the outcome because your daughter, she chose, she had a choice. And you as a mom, obviously, already were very good with whichever choice she made. Because if she chose to have a fit and a meltdown, then she got to suffer that consequence. If she chose not to, then yay, she got to have that benefit. <laughs> but as a mom, you know, you're you're already knowing that you're okay with either one of those decisions. You have to be. As parents, we have to be unattached to the outcome. We give them two choices and the child gets to pick freely. And then we enforce whichever consequence comes with the choice they made, whether it's the good beneficial one or the one that's a reinforcer of, no, you must listen, you know, you must make a better choice. And um, that's how they learn. That is, it's absolutely how they learn. And it is super not easy because I had to learn too. I had to learn how to do that. And, And I still have to remind myself how to do that you know, but it gets easier the more you practice. Oh, shoot. I think my internet just got a little choppy. Um, there, I can hear you and see you now. Okay, you want to say that again? I was trying to see if I can. I was saying inside of here, I believe there's a lot of a child inside of us who would really like to just run it. And, but it's so important to choose to hold the boundaries instead of taking our feet up and not our Molly. Well, shoot. I think. My uh, computer is having issues here because <laughs> that was, sounded like it was really awesome advice, but it was choppy. Oh, no. <laughs> can you hear me clearly now? I can. I can. I'm okay. trying to see if I can send more Wi-Fi juice to my computer. 
Any luck? Oh, you're, you're clear. You're clarifying a bit now. There, I can see you better. Okay, good. Um, I think we were just talking about the importance of setting boundaries because it does make yes. our kids more safe, but it also gives them the opportunity to learn how to make good choices that will serve them and how to make the good choices that are from their rational, rational mind and not from just being like a two-year-old with a tantrum trying to get what they want. Yes. Yes. Which, you know, I believe that even people in the workforce, unfortunately, see those who never learned how to move outside of their irrational toddler mind. And then they suffer the effect of that. So it really is so important that we teach our children how to function, even when they feel emotional, how to function through that in a proper way. And then also how to deal with those that aren't able to, because <laughs> our setting boundaries gives them a good example for how they can act when someone else around them in their adult life is not using their proper behavior either. That will happen. Yes, that absolutely will happen. So, and, and I like that you bring up how to deal with other people because every single person is going to have moments. Yeah. <laughs> they are ruled by their emotions, but hopefully we can have more and more times when we're not, and we can see it more rationally, you know? So, I mean, it's like giving, it's like giving grace to everybody saying, yeah, you're, you're, you're hangry. You're having, you're having a bad day. And I know you don't really mean it that way. And, and, and it it comes back to us too. Yes, absolutely. I think a key element in every family, really in every relationship, is to look for the intent of what's happening with the person. Just like you said, even look what's happening physiologically. Are they hungry? Are they overtired? Are they dehydrated? Assess all of that before reacting because reactive parenting is so easy to slip into. I mean, Uh I don't think we even realize half the time when we're doing reactive parenting and when we can slow down and really say, what is going on? What is the intent? Did they mean to say it that way? Did it just come out wrong? You know, because we want others to give us that same grace. Absolutely. And those are really great tips too. And I think a lot of moms come to realize that with your kids, when they're acting up, the very first things you look at is their bodily issues. Are they hungry? Do they have to go to the bathroom? Are they cold? Are they hot? You know, because they haven't learned how to relate what's going on with their body to their feelings and, and, and to their actions. They have no idea yet. And so it's, it's a really good point when we can help them connect all that and help them see that they have power within to Mm -hmm. learn how to choose to control that. Absolutely. And when they feel that sense of control, I think that's really empowering to them and it helps them. My oldest son likes to talk about his journey as he was learning these techniques and he'll explain it to his younger siblings and he'll explain the sense of peace, but also almost the sense of power, but in a positive way. Um, When he can control himself, he knows he can now impact the world for good. And he knows if he cannot control himself, then he is going to be at a lack when it comes to actually doing what he really wants to do with himself and his life. And it's fun to hear him discuss those, those periods of time where he had to make specific decisions about what he was going to think or do or how he was going to manage with those emotions. And um, it it is really, it's fun to watch our kids grow. (laughs) It really is. And I love that because that's really what we want as moms and dads 
You know, we want our kids to learn and grow and become better and to live up to their potential. And, you know, I always talk about the hero's journey and that's exactly one of the biggest skills we can give our kids on that hero's journey is teaching them how to make good decisions with what they're thinking about, feeling and acting on. Absolutely. So, well, I want to thank you so much for hopping on with me today. And I'm really excited because I've asked Katie to come do a training in our Hero Journey membership for this month. And actually, I think it might be a different month than when this comes out. But in the Hero's Journey membership, I do have guest trainings to expound on what we're talking about here in the podcast and to help you get a big, you know, a better picture of what you want to do in your home as well, too. So thank you so much, Katie. Where can our audience find you? Oh, it's been my pleasure. So for anybody who'd like to find me, I try to be easy to be found. Uh, so I have a group on Facebook called Family Success Secrets. I am on Instagram also by Family Success Secrets. I am on all the podcast platforms, again, by Family Success Secrets. And if you'd like to get hop on my newsletter where I try to send out periodically, I, I don't have a lot of time to email. So you will not get spammed by me, but I try to send out high quality information, occasionally freebies, and then little updates on what great things are coming out in our podcast episodes. So you can hop onto that newsletter and actually re, re, uh, respond to it directly. I will receive your email. That is at podcast.familysuccesssecrets.com. So that should keep it pretty easy for everybody. Yeah. Well, I love that so much because really, you know, in this crazy world, we do have a lot of people who are feeling overwhelmed, feeling the chaos. And I think it's just so helpful when we have people like you who are willing to share your success secrets. And they're probably not even secret. It's just that we, we don't always know to look for these things. Exactly. So, and, a lot of parents are already doing a great job. They just don't know how to see it. Yes, for sure. So love that. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh, if anyone signs up at the newsletter also, there's a freebie attached. So they will be immediately sent a really great overnight success secret. Oh, awesome. I forgot to mention that. Well, I'll look for that. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Thank you again for having me. This was so delightful. I really enjoyed getting to talk to you. Yeah, same. Thanks for listening to the Building Heroes podcast. Can you help more people join the Building Heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. For more help on Building Heroes in your home, get the free Building Heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com